Welcome back to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. Uh, this week, I am super honored, very excited uh, to bring on Ryan Pluckelman for the podcast, the adventure jogger himself. Uh, Ryan, if you don't know, hosts an amazing running podcast that is quite often hilarious. It's extremely entertaining. Um while also just being really inspirational, informative, all that stuff. Honestly, for me, um, when I think about like what podcasts I listen to every week, uh, The Adventure Jogger is definitely up there for running podcasts. Um, and more importantly, Ryan is the creator of the White Claw Mile, which I mean, is something I'm going to try to partake in at some point. Um, it sounds interesting. <laughs> So you should definitely look that up as well. Um, but man, this episode, it's super fun. It was honestly just everything I wanted from a conversation with Ryan. It was funny. Um, I got to kind of dig into his story a little bit, like what brought him into ultra running, what keeps him around. What did he learn from really becoming a part of this community, right? Like volunteering at races, but also hosting a podcast and talking to people all over the country. Um about the sport. And you can tell, dude, the guy just loves it. He is passionate about it. Um, you know, there's something about ultra running that really like speaks to him and makes life more fulfilling. Um, and it's all these things I can relate to. Um, and at the same time, he's a dad and, uh, there's always that extra component of ultra running training when you're a dad. Um, I call it extra size where like you get home from a long run and you're like exhausted all you want to do is sit on the couch like i i get like here's dads just in general like dads just want to sit on the couch and like watch football for like 30 minutes like it's just like let me have peace and quiet let me watch football and then you finish a long run and like <laughs> that like that aspect of dadhood is like you're like i just want to sit on the couch and watch football for like 30 hours now i just ran like 20 some miles this is nuts um but that's never how it plays out right like you get home and your kids are just like no it's time to play dad and as an ultra runner you've trained for this and you're like it is time to play child and you like pick them up and you walk around for five extra miles like while you're skipping down the street or you know um just carrying your kids through a park it's awesome like exercise is the best dude um and i feel like ryan definitely can relate to that um so yeah so this was just a super pleasant conversation i was geeking out a little bit i'm gonna be honest i'm i've been a huge fan of his for years now um and it's just funny like when you talk to people in the ultra running community you just instantly have this bond because you like this super weird unique thing of going out into the woods and suffering for miles and miles and miles. So, uh, I just felt like instantly we had a really good connection, really good rapport. It was super fun. Um, so hopefully we can have Ryan on again at some point and then hopefully, you know, he gets out to the West at some point. I know he's an East coast guy. I understand beast coast. I get it. Um, but hopefully he comes out to Colorado at some point. I'd love to go for a run with him. Um, before we get into the episode, I do just want to mention uh, and thank the people who have supported our Indiegogo campaign for the Desert Rats film. Um, right now, we are exactly, when I'm recording this, we are exactly 30 days. We're exactly a month out from the Desert Rats stage race, uh, which me and Paul Shearing, James Addison, Adamson, and Chris Cornejo are going to go out and film and try to capture it, capture the experience. Um, and we're also 30 days out from our Indiegogo campaign being done. Uh, and quite frankly, I am just blown away by the support. This is amazing. We're almost to 100 backers. Um, we are about 40% of our goal right now. Um, which is so cool. It's so cool. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you've gone on the Indiegogo site for the Deserats film and you've supported it, like I am truly appreciative. Um, you guys are going to help us make this film the best it can be. Um, which in my mind, 
this thing is going to be incredible, right? Like this event is incredible. I drove by the trail last week on my way to the Grand Canyon and I was just geeking out, dude. I'm going to be honest, man. I was almost geeking out more about the Cocapelli Trail than I was the Grand Canyon, which if you listen to the outro here, uh, you'll know that's might not be the not, might not be the actual case. But I was geeking out about the Cocapelli Trail. No doubt. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's going to be brutally hot in June. So I can't wait to just be a fan and watch the racers heading down and, and trying to capture and tell their stories in like a different format. So, um, so yeah, any support is appreciative. Um, even if that support is just passing along the word to some people who you think might be interested, that'd be amazing. So, um, all right, let's get into this episode. I'm psyched. This is like a Bigfoot podcast number 253 with the adventure jogger himself, Ryan Pluckelman. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week, uh, I am beyond excited. I've been a huge fan of this guy for, for years now, Ryan, I can remember being in the gym at like five in the morning doing like squats or something, listening to your podcast. So dude, I'm super psyched. Uh, I've Ryan Pluckelman, uh, the adventure jogger on the show. Um, he is an ultra runner podcast host and you're like a radio professional. And we were just talking about mic setups and all this, but let yeah. me also, I have to ask this as well. Does your radio studio setup, is it surrounded with like little kids, Harry Potter wine, <laughs> half, half eaten chips and cheese. <laughs> like this is what I'm dealing with here. Um, my studio at work is quite a bit nicer than my studio at home. Uh, believe it or not, uh, broadcast standard equipment. It's really expensive. I have like a $5,000 microphone at work. Um, I do not have that here. Dude. <laughs> but, but I try to keep, uh, you know, I, like, I didn't want to use my work equipment for, because it's not mine. It's my company. It's just not like, I, I didn't buy it. But I wanted the, the podcast to always be kind of my property. I didn't want my work's like, well, you know, you've been using our equipment. So we get, you know, we want part of this, this sweet adventure jogger swag that you're talking about. So, so yeah, it's uh, my, my setup right now, we just moved. And so I'm actually set up in a little tiny desk in my, in my guest bedroom. Um, this is my, my, my little podcast setup right here. So that's heck. Yeah, man. Yeah. I've upgraded because I was we were in an apartment too. I was just like in the corner of our room. Yeah. And now I've upgraded to an actual office. But but yeah, I'm like if I like pointed the computer screen down, you just see like little kids' cell phones and all this. Or <laughs> not a real cell phone. I'm not one of those parents. It's a, like a call Sesame Street thing. So how old are your kids, Chris? Uh, I have a seven year old, a four year old, and a two year old. So okay. life's busy. All girls. They'll all come through my middle school. It's going to be the longest nine years of my life. <laughs> no, you know, honestly, it is going to go by so fast. I have three kids as well. Yeah. Um, I have two girls and a boy. My oldest is 19. Uh, so 19, 16, and 14 are, are my kids. And so, you know, it seems like only yesterday that they were your kids' ages. And I'm like, man, these, these kids are never going to grow up. And, and then all of a sudden you get the first college acceptance letter and you're like, crap, where'd the time go? Dude. That's so wild, man. I want to hear. Okay. So let's, I guess I want to start there. You're, I want to talk about like your love of ultra running. That's kind of what I want to base the whole episode around if that's cool. Um, yeah. But I want to hear like, what do your kids think? Because you're not only an ultra runner, but like you're kind of ingratiated like into the community. Like, what do they think about that? Um, because I, because I'm in radio and I've been doing radio for you know, 20 some odd years, as long as my kids have been alive, dad's always been on the radio. And so it's always been kind of weird for them to hear people talk about the relationship that they have with me, even though we don't have a relationship, you know, cause when people listen to you long enough, they, they think they know you, right? Yeah. And so like, Oh, your dad, blah, blah. And so they've always been this immune to it. And they've always thought it's kind of strange but it's never been like a, like they've never thought it's cool. My kids have never thought it's cool that dad's on the radio or dad has a tertiary level radio or a running podcast or anything like that. They've always been kind of immune to it. And they've always been kind of like, well, he's just dad. And this yeah, is what yeah. dad does. Yeah. What about like just ultra running in general? 
Are they just like, well, our dad's a weirdo. He runs like a bunch of miles. <laughs> no, it was weird because when I got started in ultra running, which would have been six years ago, um, it was kind of at the real beginning of the boom, right? So there wasn't, there was, there's only like, I think like two podcasts out there and the sport was still relatively unknown. Um, we haven't seen at that point, the first of the 9,000 Barkley documentaries that have been released. And so it was still kind of this underground thing. And so I remember my, my, my kids going to school and saying, you know, dad ran a hundred miles and my son, I think, got into an argument at the lunch table with another kid. Like, that's impossible. Your dad's full of crap, you know? You go, like, do you want me to send my, my buckle with you? Do you want me to print out my results <laughs> from Ultra Sign Up? This little kid will, will believe that, that I've done this thing. And so, yeah, but as the sport has grown, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's, it's gotten a lot more mainstream. And the funny thing is, a lot of my friends that my kids have grown up with and have become a part of the family, they're ultra runners as well. So, you know, Jeff Stafford has been a part of my children's life for the bulk of, of their existence. I mean, the, the most of their life, they've known Mr. Stafford. You know, most of their life, they've known Mr. Kyle Curtin, you know. So they grew up around these guys and saw what they were doing and, and, and were able to hang around with them. And so I think my kids kind of have a warped perception of ultra running and they think maybe it's probably more common than it actually is because there's so many people that they know like, Oh yeah, yeah. Big deal. You know, because it's, it's just so many people that they in their family in their little social unit have done it. Yeah. Do you think like if your son would have been at the table instead of saying run, like if he was like, you know, my dad ran a hundred miles. You think if he was just like my dad ran a little bit and then walked a bunch and then ate a bunch of food and then limped, (laughs) And then got blisters for a hundred miles. The cube bunk. All right. Fair enough. enough. Way more believable. Right. If we would have said, you know, my dad ran probably 40 miles, power hiked another 20 miles and limped the rest of the way. Then it would probably be the person like, oh yeah, I can totally see that. I can totally see that. But it's so Yeah. People still don't like, because at work, I don't talk about it. You know, like I I kind of view, you, you know, religion and all the, the hobbies is like, nah, no one really wants to hear about that stuff. And if we're being honest with ourselves, nobody at work wants to hear about running. But every once in a while, people will, will catch like a, like a glimpse of the belt buckle. I'll wear a belt buckle or something. And, and they'll say, you know, what's that belt buckle for? Are you a cowboy? And then I explain, no, I, I don't wrestle, you know, do- dogies? No, what? <laughs> I'm not busting Bronx. And I explain where it comes from and, and people at work and we're like, what, why would you do that? You know, the typical answers. So dude. And so that's what, I mean, that's what I'm fascinated about is like, why do people do this? Like, it's super painful. It's hard. Like it's the weirdest thing to try to describe. It's like physically. Yeah. You feel terrible and you feel yeah. beaten down, but you come out of it and you're like, I have gained so much from this experience like, what is it for you specifically, you know, like what, what is your thing that just keeps bringing you back? You know, boy, I think when I got started into it, I think I needed to prove something to myself and I think I needed to prove something to other people as well. I, I, I don't know if, you know, 2015 or 14 would have been, but seven years ago, I don't know if I was in a really good place mentally seven years ago, um, I needed something. And so I knew I would never, like I liked running, but I would never, I was never going to win the marathon in Nashville. I was never going to win the local 5k, but I'm like, okay, maybe not go as fast as some of these guys, but maybe I can outlast them. Let's see how far I can go before I say give up. And so there was a lot of that in, in, in kind of getting the high and proving to myself what I was capable of. Because life is comfortable, Chris, for a lot of us. We look at what people had to deal with 100 years ago, even 50 years ago. Yeah. You know, our, our parents worked a lot harder than we did. You know, we have, we have a, lot of, a lot of great uh, comforts in life that make life a little bit easier for us. And so maybe it was something like that too. You know, my, my, my grandfather's a farmer in Wisconsin, you know, dairy farmer. 
And that, that is tough work. Holy cow. That is yeah. tough work 24-7. My dad retired as a union floor installer. That is tough work. That is, you know, on your knees all day long, moving heavy carpet and, and wood floors and all of that. And those, those two men have always kind of been the heroes of my life. I've always kind of measured myself up to um, as a man, be it as a father, as a parent, as a spouse, I've always measured myself up against my dad and my grandpa George. That's kind of my, my bar of, of manliness. And I, and, I, and I think a lot of it too was I had a desk job. I've always had a desk job. Yeah. I've got these two these men that have this incredible work ethic and just this incredible ability to do these really hard jobs really well. Um, you know, my dad raised three kids with my mom. It was a stay-at-home mom most of the time. And, you know, I never saw my dad take a day off of work, ever. He never called in sick, never. He took a vacation every once in a while to take us to Disney World or, or somewhere. But, and so I, I just, I guess there's something, I wanted to prove, could I measure up? Like, I know I've got, I don't have a very physically taxing job, but if I needed to, could I do something amazing that would, that I could, I could measure myself up to these men that I look up to. Yeah, dude, that's amazing, man. <clears throat> like, where, first of all, where at in Wisconsin? Um, but, well, I grew up in McQuanago, Wisconsin, which is, it's a town that's not too far actually from the start line of the Kettle Moraine 100. Okay. I grew up probably 10 miles from that start line. Um, my parents live in East Troy now, which is about five miles from the start line. So, um, so that's where I grew up. My, my grandpa's a farmer in Door County. He lives um, in Sturgeon Bay, outside of Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. Okay. Institute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my dad just moved to Park Falls. Do you know where that's at? That, is that like south? North. No, okay. it's like North Woods. Like I saw a bear when I was running out there. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. But it's the, uh, it's the turnaround spot for the Tuscobia like oh, winter yeah. ultra. So dude, have you ever thought of doing a winter one? I have thought about that, but I live in Tennessee right now, you know? And so yeah. I, I've lived in Tennessee for the last 16 years. And so I, now I know one of the best winter ultra runners is a guy by the name of Peter Ripmaster. Oh, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. He lives in North Carolina. Uh, and he, I mean, he's got the, the fastest known time for the, the Iditarod, the full Iditarod, like the thousand something miles. Wait, uh, time out for one second. I think I remember you interviewing this guy. Yeah. Was he the dude where at the end of a thousand mile Iditarod, you guys were like, what did you get for winning that? And he's just like, oh, I got this like double XL t-shirt and like a free entry to the next year. <laughs> It was a double, it was a double XL T-shirt that they had left over from years uh, years ago, and apparently when it was stored, they didn't uh, keep the moths away because it had some moth holes in it. That's what we got for for winning that, right? No cougar, you know. <laughs> Dude, I mean, and that's why I mean, I guess for me, I'm like, that's one of the things I love about this race. It is not about extrinsic nope. motivations at all. Like, no, it's really not. The whole sport is not. I mean, we do get a belt buckle but that just makes us look weird to other people. You know, it's, not, it's, it's like you roll into a job interview with a, with a Yeti 100 buckle or a superior buckle. And someone goes like, Hey, wait a minute. Is that from the superior 100? You're hired. Double this man's salary. You know, it's, it's not, it never happens that way for me. Anymore. Well, I will say this though. And I haven't, you know, I've had my teaching job for, for a while now. But I do feel like you could drop that into an interview and be like, I just oh. finished a hundred miler. And they'd be like, check mark, this dude's motivated. Check mark, he's organized, like yep. all that stuff. Yep. Dude, that's crazy, man. Well, yeah. So you signed up for your first ultra. What I want to hear about your first like ultra experience. And I just want to see if it was kind of like similar to mine. Like, did you know what you were getting into? I, I didn't really know. I, I remember um, I, I started running because I wanted to get in shape, you know, standard story. And my brother convinced me to do a sprint level triathlon, which is like a 400 meter swim, uh, like a 15 or 20 mile bike. And then it's a 5k. And so I trained for that and I hated the swimming and I hated the biking. I really liked the running though. So I just kind of kept doing with that. And then I did, you know, the typical progression, right? Like half marathon, 
Then I did a marathon. And then when I was at the marathon I was doing, there was an old couple, you know, the marathon maniacs. Um, you see them around. Yeah, they got the little jerseys on. And they were talking about a race they did out in central Tennessee that was on trails. And I was like, and I heard, I just overheard, I was eavesdropping. I was totally eavesdropping on these old people's conversation. And they were talking about how tough it was and how they did this race. And they've never been pulled from a marathon before, but um, they got pulled from this one. So it was just so tough. They're swinging bridges and you're climbing up mountains and you're on the ledge and all that stuff. And I'm like, whoa, whoa I'm sorry. I've just been eavesdropping for the last uh, 10 minutes as you've talked about this at the starting line of this race. But what is this race you're talking about? And so it's a race called the Savage Golf Marathon. I've talked about it before uh, on the podcast. Um, it, is, it was, I don't know if it's still going to happen. They, they, they canceled it um, this year. They were having a hard time getting people to sign up. And, I, yeah. and I'll talk about that in a second. But when I did it, um, it actually sold out that year. And I'm like, you know, I got to do this. Mount, like, like, cause you know, the, the roads get a little old after a while. And so I, I signed up for the race. The, the, the moment it, it's, it, it opened up, I signed up for the race because I wanted to do this thing because I'm like mountains and swinging bridges and going over streams and stuff. That seems way better than, you know, running through the streets of Nashville, listening to someone do a bad cover of Marshall Tucker, you know, like how many times can you, can you hear a garage band play? Can't you see before you're like, <laughs> I'm, done. I'm, I'm done with this. Um, so yeah, so I signed up and I did it and it was, that was an incredible race. The reason why I don't think people did it, because I think there's a tendency in this sport to kind of put things in boxes and we, we want a sticker distance. You know, we want to be able to put something on the back of our car. And because it was 26.2 miles of brutal, absolute middle of nowhere, boulder hopping, you know, mountain climbing, you know, going across streams, just rough, yeah. rough, rough terrain brutal terrain um i think people are like you know it's a marathon it's harder than probably 90 percent of the 50ks in the country but just because it had that marathon name much like i think some people won't listen to my podcast because it says jogger on it <laughs> well i, I want to get to that in a bit <laughs> well we'll we get that in a minute so but yeah but that was such a incredible race and i had no idea what i was doing none whatsoever so much so that do you remember um years ago when New Balance teamed up with Anton Kaprichka yeah. and they came out with those plastic shoes, those plastic minimalist yeah. New Balance trail shoes. Well, I got me a pair of them bad boys and I did this race and my feet were beat up. Holy crap. Had no protection, no rock plate, no nothing. Yeah. I remember a guy in Hoka's as I was going to the start line, he's like, you, you picked the wrong race to wear those. Those are the wrong shoes for this race. I'm like, fuck you. Hoka <laughs> wearing asshole. And now, <laughs> it was so funny because I met, I interviewed this guy years later. Same guy who told me my shoes were awful. Now we're great friends. Kerry uh, Long is his name. And I remember hating him for like two years. Like that stuck up son of a bitch. <laughs> like, I thought you're the coolest guy ever. And so now... Now we're really good friends. That's the power of podcasts right there. And you're like, you were right. You yeah. Were you're, right. Dude, I did the same thing, man. I, it wasn't the five fingers. I never went that far. I never got to that extreme. But I basically did the same thing. Like no rock pads, super minimal. And I'd go running in, we used to live in Virginia, like yeah. Southern Virginia. And there were rocks there. And like the bottom of my foot got bruised. I'm like, dude, how did that happen? And you can't heal it. Cause I'm like, well, I'm just going to keep running on this. Apparently. Yep. yep. I, same thing that happened after that race. My feet were so banged up. I could, I could barely walk. And I gingerly walked to my car like, Oh, this is horrible. I don't want to tell that guy. He was right though. And I was underprepared training wise. I was underprepared climbing wise. I was underprepared nutrition wise. I had no idea. You know, I had some gels in my, my pocket, you know, some chocolate goo gels in my pocket. And that was about it. I had a little water bottle. I knew that I had to carry a water bottle, but as far as like nutrition, I was so messed up and I had to walk. It was the first hot day of the year. You know, you never want to race the first hot day of the year because you're going to get your ass handed to you either way. 
but it was, it was absolutely miserable, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, I wasn't yeah, last yeah. place. That was great. I beat a couple of guys with the Ironman triathlon tattoo on their calf. That's always a great feeling too. <laughs> like, yes. Yes, I just ate your lunch. Um, <laughs> then I signed up for another, uh, an actual ultra, because I didn't feel like I was an ultra runner at that point. I was like, well, I've run a really tough trail marathon, but I want to do an ultra. I want to check that box. And yeah. so I signed up for a race that's still going on, uh, the Music City Trail Ultra, which is a 50K. First year that went on. And uh, it was the first year, it was the first race that Zach Miller ever did. That was his first ultra. We finished like four hours apart. Uh, <laughs> Dude, that happened to me uh, at the uh, Marine Corps Marathon 50K, like the first year of the 50K yeah. that they did. Because uh, my name's Ward, so of course, like race results. I'm like, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna look up what how I did, and I typed in Ward, and it was just me and Mike Wardian, and he had like <laughs> got first place and like crushed it, and I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we have a similar name. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Yeah. I messed it up again. You know, the Music City Trail Ultra was another um, episode in I don't know what I'm doing. There was a woman who was about 60 years old and her hip went out halfway through the race and she grabbed a stick and she was just plugging along with a stick and she passed me. She was like, okay, see you later. I'm like, God, I suck at this. A woman's getting barely walked. She's got a stick and she's, she's hobbling faster than I'm walking right now. So... That was, that was a lesson uh, to be learned. And then um, I did Stump Jump after that, which is a great race in Chattanooga, which is if someone is looking for a fun race to do in the South, a 50K, that's the one to do. It's, it's an absolutely beautiful race. And, and Chattanooga is a great trail town too. It's really wonderful place to run. And I kind of started putting things together then. I didn't okay. do great, but I, I, I knew with nutrition, I had to eat more real food and gels were just kind of something that I supplemented with between aid stations. I had the shoe uh, game better. I got rid of those Anton Kapritschka pieces of shit and, and, and uh, you know, found the Pearl Azumi Trail N2s, which I still contest were the greatest trail shoe ever made. Um, and shame on you, Pearl Azumi, for, for getting out of the shoe game. But so, yeah, progressed from there. And then I had a 50-miler and then a 100-miler and then just kind of other stuff. And, that's stuff amazing, in- man. What, uh, what was it that like, ho- not only hooked you? See, here's the thing. Like, you're, you weren't only hooked, but now you were like involved with this where you have a podcast and you're interviewing, you know, all sorts of people. Like, you know, you're like in the community now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was, that was kind of, um, I started the East Coast Trail and Ultra podcast um, because my buddy Travis said to me, he said, you know, you, you talk for a living and you do ultra running as well. There's no ultra running podcast that focuses on runners that are east of the Mississippi. And there's no, like a lot of the podcasts, they, they take things very seriously. Yeah, yeah. So there needs to be some kind of, can, can you bring some, could you do one where you, where you bring some humor um, into it and, and just interview some people that, it would never be interviewed by the other, by the other podcasts and kind of take the, the, the mantra of not only interviewing first place, but interviewing last place as well. You know, it's not just who wins. It's sometimes it's, you know, who shows up and there's, there's great stories to be told. And, and let's be honest, some, what makes a great podcast is dynamic personalities sharing compelling stories. Yeah. And sometimes the people that win races don't have a story to tell. They're just like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah that's right. Uh-huh. Well, well, what I found too is like, you're talking to sometimes like you're talking to these amazing athletes yeah. who will do something that is kind of inconceivable. Right. And you ask them a question like, what was going through your mind? Like, and they come up with the answer of like, well, I just kept, I just had to keep going. Like nothing right. was, I just kept going. And I'm like, it doesn't make a super compelling interview, but it's the mindset that you have to have to actually do that super incredible thing. You know what I mean? I think so. But I think there's great stories to be told by everybody. And I yeah. think the better stories are told by not the professional athlete who trains all day, every day, and that's all they do. But it's the person that's working the nine to five job and is battling addiction or whatever. I think sometimes 
the regular folks have the better stories to share because yeah. there seems more on the line for them. You know, when you're giving up time with your family and you're spending, you know, like all your free time training for this thing, that's a lot on the line for you. And so I, I just, I, sometimes I think the more, now that being said, I've interviewed some wonderful front of the Packers that yep. have yep. great stories to tell, but I've, I've also interviewed a lot of people that would never make it on a regular podcast because they haven't won ultra runner of the year or Western States or something, but that have just a really fascinating story to share and just have, you know, an interesting perspective on life and a, and a great story that got them to where they are now. Yeah. And I, I mean, me personally, like that's what I so enjoy. And your podcast now is the adventure jogger, which is a great name. First of all, fantastic. Um, <laughs> Yeah. What, uh, but that's what I enjoy. I I enjoy the combo of humor, good storytelling. Um, and you know, there's moment there's, I mean, you'd say it's like pretty lighthearted, but you've had a bunch of episodes where like you really dug in and there's some serious moments, but it's, but it's like ultra running to me where it's like part of it's ridiculous, part of it's inspiring, part of it's moving, but it's all there. Yeah, I think you got to cover all the bases. You have to be prepared for where the the host is or where the guest is going to take you, um, because we're not we're not the stars of these things. We're yeah. like the telescope. We point at the star and we, yeah. we we shine the light on the star, but we're we're not the stars ourselves. And sometimes people just have a great, inspiring story. They dealt with some real crazy crap that life has dealt them just a shitty hand, and the way that they've 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 plunged through it is through ultra running. Sometimes people just want to tell fart jokes and that's great. You know, there's a place for all that. And I know that there's some people that want really serious running podcasts and there are plenty of really serious running podcasts. And we'll, we'll jump into that every once in a while. The adventure yeah. dogger. I think we just kind of, we wanted, I wanted to um, keep it kind of like, you know, like when you go on a long run with somebody that you're, you kind of know a little bit, you've run a, bit with them, but then you do a long run and all of a sudden you get to know a whole lot more about that person. And it can take funny turns when you're feeling down and all that stuff. But I kind of wanted it to be like that. I wanted it to be like, you're getting to know someone like this is the third or fourth long run you've done together. And all the, all the, all the, the, the pretense has dropped. And now you're getting to know the real, you know, person that you're running with. Yeah. Dude, what, like, what do you think it is about just like the actual suffering of an ultra that opens people up like that? You know, I, I don't know. I, th I think we're distracted by a lot of things. I think we live in a society right now that's paid to distract us. Our phones are designed to distract us. Facebook is designed to distract us. Um, we're told to, you know, think about the future um, worry about the past, but we spend very little time in the present moment right now, moment that actually exists. Ultra running for me and for a lot of others is, is a form of meditation. It takes us away from the ding, ding, ding of the phone um, or the YouTube video or the advertisements that were shown every time we log into the computer because they've got an algorithm on us and damn it, they're going to sell us that grill brush whether we want it or not. You know, how many times I got to show me that video of the grill brush before I end up buying that. And so I, I think there is a, there's a need for a lot of people to get away from all that. And that's ultra running strips it all away. It really does. And, and it forces you to live in the present because here you are, you can't, you can't worry too much about mile 70 because you got to worry about mile 15 right now. And you're struggling through mile 15. And so it forces you to be in the present. And I think that's, I think you're happier, you're healthier when that's where your mind spends most of its time. And I think ultra running, whether people know it or not, forces you to live in what actually exists, which is the now. Yeah, dude, that's a beautiful way of saying that, man. Seriously, like, I mean, I think that's what a lot of people experience, but I don't know if they would be able to like express it that way. Yeah. Well, you know, you can copy my answer, everybody. It's all Dude, good. Copy paste. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I want it. So I guess with that kind of idea in mind, like 
is that one of your main kind of goals with the adventure jogger, like bringing a community or, you know, maybe exposing people to that idea? Like, I guess I can run an ultra and maybe that's where they'll realize that lesson that you've realized. You know, I, I thought about that. Like, what is, what is my goal with this? Right. Um, and I think my goals have changed over the years. Um, you know, when I started the East Coast Trail and Ultra podcast, I was looking for something, much like when I started ultra running. I was looking for something. I think my ego needed something. You know, I needed to be recognized at a race. Like, ah, I do this podcast. I'm the podcast man. You know, but as I've, <laughs> like we all do, I've changed over time. And I, I don't need that anymore. You know, if, if I, because I'm going to go do a uh, strolling gym this, this, uh, this Saturday. Um, I'm doing the half marathon, everybody, because I'm a little pudgy. Dude, I'm doing a half marathon trail race this Saturday, too. Yeah, don't, don't hate on half marathons, people. Yeah, man. They're good distances. They're great distance, right? And so, yeah. if not a single person goes, hey, you're that knucklehead from that stupid podcast, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. But, but my goal now, I was thinking, like, why do I do the adventure jogger? Because I probably could do a better job promoting it on Instagram or Facebook. I could probably sell more merchandise. Dude, you know? I feel like that always feels weird though. Like for me, like I'm like, oh, dude, I don't like, I don't like that stuff. You know? I, I know they say you got to post, you know, five times before someone buys something, but I don't want to inundate people with buy a fucking t-shirt posts all the time. Your t-shirt's cool though. So buy it, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a new one. I, I came up with this. I came up with this, uh, this shirt cause it happened the other day. Um, I saw something that said like the mount, the mountains are calling. Um, and so I, I'm like, you know, and then I got a call and it was from someone trying to ask me about my car's extended warranty. Have you gotten one of those calls? It was like, we're here. We're, it's an automated call. It's like, we've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. So available now on the adventure slash gear is a t-shirt that says, I thought the mountains were calling. Turns out it was someone trying to reach me about my car's extended warranty. <laughs> it's available now. That's amazing, dude. That's like the quote that starts every, cause like, you know, looking at any, I'm a huge like adventure documentary yeah. nerd. Yep. And like 90% of them start with that quote or another like John Muir quote or something. Oh, yeah. yeah, it never starts with, we'd like to ask you about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> So, to make the, the, the long way around to the point, like, why do I do the adventure jogger? Because um, it, it seems to keep people company. And I, I think about, you know, I've got a really incredible group of running friends, and I'm generally never alone when I run because it's, you know, Stafford or, or someone else. And, and, you know, just if people can, can get a little bit of joy out of it while they're running, and they, and they, they take me along on a long run or, or, or something else. And, and they use the podcast to maybe forget about something for a while or just get through some miles. I, it's incredibly humbling to me to think that there are thousands of people um, every week that get excited about me bullshitting with someone and, and they, they bring me along with them on a run. I think that's an incredible honor to, to have because the, the, the cost of entry in a podcast is a little different than radio. So people, when they get in the car, if they left it on the radio station that I'm on the night before, they're going to hear me, right? And maybe I give yeah. them something and they're like, oh, this guy's funny. I'm going to stick around. But with podcasts, you have to physically go out and get it. You know, it doesn't magically appear. Like there's nobody that magically all of a sudden one day, you know, Tim Cook decided to put an Adventure Jogger episode on everybody's phone, kind of like that U2 album a couple of years ago. Man, that's still album on my phone. That still pops up every once in a while. I've never listened to it, but I'm doing random. It'll yeah. come up and I'm like, nah, nah, I can't. I just can't do it. It wasn't your best work. Bono, I'm sorry. It wasn't your best work. <laughs> um, no, and so there is- Bono does listen, I just have to say. He does a big fan. He's a big yeah, fan. Huge fan. Loves it. Loves it. Um, but no, and so for me, I thought about it like, you know, people have to actually go out and physically get this thing. And they're physically going out and getting this thing, you know, wherever they get it from. If it's Spotify, if it's Apple Podcasts, if it's SoundCloud, if it's Stitcher, if it's Podbean, wherever they're getting it from, they have to actually go through the work of getting it. Yeah pressing play 
And the fact that so many do that week in and week out, it just blows my mind. And so it's like, well, shit, there's times when I've like, yeah, maybe I've told all the stories I need to tell. But I think about people like, oh man, I'm so happy this came out because I, I, I'm saving it for a race this weekend. It's like, well, that's awesome. That's, that's the only reason I need to, to reach out to other people and be like, hey, you want to talk to me? You know, because if it keeps somebody company, I think it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. Do you find that it's just kind of fascinating? Like how many people are like, sure, I'll talk about a thing I like to do. Yeah, it's cool. Um, it's really awesome. And, and it makes for makes it an easy podcast because most people are going to be like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Um, I do have a, a list of people that I've been trying to get on ever since the old podcast um, that have yet to say yes, that I still try from time to time. I was able to knock Dean Karnazes off that list earlier this year with the Adventure Jogger. That's right. There's still a list of people that, that won't um, either return my emails, have sent me to their agent, or just have no desire to come on something called the Adventure Jogger. So I'm still trying to plug away at the list because there's some people I really love to talk to that have, have told me no so far. But most people have said, yeah. Dude, for like one week, you should like in the logo cross off jogger and put like <laughs> adventure, manliness, badass or something. No, it's funny. It's I have... Uh, people have asked me all the time, like, you need to get David Goggins on the podcast. And I'd love to talk to David Goggins. He used to live right down the street. In, in, in no Frank. way, really? Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I was 40 minutes from him. I could have met him somewhere and we could have set it up live. And I, I went through the normal channels and I constantly heard, like, he's not, he's not doing interviews right now. He's not doing interviews. But I'm sure he probably, you know, his, his, his agent's like, uh, there's some guy from the Adventure Jock. I ain't going no fucking Adventure Jock. Fuck that shit. You know, like he said that and then, because he likes to swear. I love David Goggins for his authenticity. He loves to swear. And it's kind of funny because a friend of mine, um, living in Clarksville, Tennessee, everybody here has some sort of connection to the military other than me. I came in here for, for a different job. And so, but we're, we're at Fort Campbell, uh, Kentucky. Is, Fort Campbell, Kentucky is misleading. Fort Campbell is mostly in the state of Tennessee. Most of the soldiers live in Clarksville. It's just that the post office part of the base is in Kentucky. Therefore, it's called Fort Campbell, Kentucky. But most of the base is in Tennessee. Yeah. So, you know, Jeff Stafford was the 160th. And a really good friend of mine who I ran um, Savage Golf Marathon with, he finished two hours ahead of me because he's a Green Beret. He went through Delta selection with David Goggins. And so he's like, man, I can probably reach out to him and I'm like, ah, let's not play that card yet. Yeah. Let's see if I can get him through the regular channels before I'm like, hey, you know that Green Bray guy, you know? He's my buddy. Come on my podcast. Come on, Goggins. <laughs> yeah, that would be awkward, man. <laughs> oh, I, just, I can imagine too, like I like him going like Adventure Jogger, what the hell? Like that would be, I think that'd be a sticking point for him. And it has been for some guests who have been like so let's talk about the J word, shall we? Oh, seriously, man. I love the name, dude. I, I thought it was awesome. I thought it like summed up exactly what, like you guys have a sense of humor on the show and it like, it nails that, I think. Well, it can't be too serious, right? Yeah. I think it's, it's a goofy sport, dude. Like, yeah. Meaningless. It's absolutely meaningless for any person beyond the person doing it. Right. And then for the person doing it, it's so meaningful. And you're like, whoa, right. everyone yeah. should do this. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. So we try not to take ourselves too seriously. Um, we are going to be at Western States this year because Kyle Curtin, um, who I met, it's so, it's so strange. Um, I met Kyle Curtin because he was, he was stationed here at Fort Campbell. And he was in the 160th Special Operations Aviation Regiment. And he was, a, he was a support guy. He worked on avionics for helicopters. Makes like all the little stuff that makes sure they don't crash. He worked on those. And I got to meet him and we got to be really good friends. And then he got out, moved to Colorado. And all of a sudden he's setting FKTs. And, you know, he's really, and he got into Western States. And he's like, you guys want to crew me? I'm like, dude, you want, you want a 65-year-old man and a, and a out of shape radio D, a radio DJ in half marathon shape to pace you at Western States. All right, dude, you're screwed. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to get dropped, but I, I, be, I believe, I believe Kyle will be the first athlete we sign to the adventure jogger race team. 
Yeah, we have. It's basically going to be a shirt. That's that's. <laughs> I, was, I was I was like, I don't is I is this a serious thing? If it is, yeah. that's awesome. No, no, I, I just be, be ready, everybody, because Adventure Jogger race team shirts are coming. Um, and much like Hammer Nutrition, we will say no to anybody. We will, we will we will say yes to everybody who wants to be on the team, and no to no one. We will not say no at all. So that's that's coming soon. Are you going to? Uh, they're like on the team, but all you're sending them is like 35% off. You're getting nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you have to post about it on Instagram though, but you get, you got to buy the shirt and you have to post about it nine times on Instagram. Where I will come to your house and take the shirt back. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, dude. Only people really deep in the ultra running community will like understand that joke, you know? Yeah. So there's a couple people laughing and there's other people going, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, dude, that's amazing. I did want to ask you about this. So like totally feel free, not like if you don't want to talk about this. I just remember you guys did a podcast and it was really it was really eye-opening. It was kind of about like you were kind of going through a rough streak, like training-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just thought that was a really interesting perspective because here you are doing this show every week about ultra running. And yet at that point of your life, like everyone goes through it, man, it goes in waves where you're like super trained up and excited. And then you're just kind of burned out. Um, and you were just in, in that phase at that point. But like, I just thought that was really interesting. Like, I just was kind of curious, like, like, can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Just like the passion was gone for a little bit and now yeah. obviously it's come back. Like, how did that happen? It was okay. Yeah. It was, it's kind of multi-tiered. You know, I, 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 I told you earlier, I, I did the podcast originally cause I needed something, right? My ego needed something. I needed to be able to say, I can run a hundred miles. Yeah. And you know, so many people listen to my podcast and, and as, as I've, as I've, as I've grown up that, that is kind of, you know, hopefully it still rears its ugly head every once in a while, but I try to try to push that away. But I realized that I was, I wasn't doing it for the right reasons. You know, like I was doing it because I felt like I had to, cause I was the guy who had this podcast and I was neglecting a lot of, of family time and it became kind of this addiction that I, I had to, to, to feed and I wasn't respecting my body. I wasn't respecting my family. I wasn't respecting it. And it just wasn't a place where I wanted to be. And so, you know, that, that whole thing, and then the, the passion just completely disappeared. And I think, the heart, the things that cause us the most stress are the things, you know, the frustrations because we're not where we want to be and we can't appreciate where we are. Um, and I think sometimes you just have to appreciate where you are and realize that you can't, I can't maintain a decade long level of stoke that some people can. And my relationship with running has changed over the last seven or eight years. I don't feel like I have to prove it to anybody. I don't care. Yeah. Look at my ultra sign-up stats and you're not impressed. I don't fucking care because it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's something that I, that I enjoy doing. And so my relationship with running was, it, 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 it's changed. It's on my terms now. And I don't feel like I need to do anything to impress anybody or even myself. If I want to do something, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Um, but if life gets in the way, I mean, I, like, I was getting really, I was, I was, this is a great example. So a couple weeks ago, I really had put together some really solid training blocks and, you know, I was putting, I was getting my mile time way down. I was starting to, you know, dip back into the sevens again. I'm like, yeah, this is great. You know? And then what happens? I get hit with just a monster chest cold and I can barely breathe and I can barely talk and a week and a half of sitting on my ass. And I'm like, yep, that's just life, man. You're thinking like, oh, it's endless. I got it now. And then bam, it yeah. just slaps right across the face. And so, there was a time when I would be frustrated and be like, what is this going to do to my training? What is it my training cycle? Now it's like, you know, it is what it is, right? And so when it all clears out and I can breathe again, which thank God I'm, I'm, I'm there, um, yeah. you know, it'll, I'll just pick right back up and I'll start again. Yeah, dude, that's so good. To, like, I mean, it's just such a better mindset to have because I've been there too where you like, for whatever reason, you miss a training day and you're just like, oh. And then like, you're kind of upset the rest of the day and you're like, but then, you know, if you like take a step back, you're like, that's just silly. That's just a silly way to think. Yeah. And life is what it is. Right. And so we have to have this balance. 
I think sometimes, and I'm not pooping on David Goggins. I like David a lot. I think he's, he brings a lot of value to people. And I think that he's inspired some people to really do some amazing things. Yeah. What we have to remember, though, is he is a professional motivational speaker. His job is to provide motivation and be a motivational speaker. He doesn't have a nine to five. He doesn't have, you know, pick up the kids from soccer practice or so-and-so is, you know, been up sick all night. And so I think we have to remember sometimes that being hard, you know, being hard all the time looks different for us with our responsibilities than it does for a guy who's a paid motivational speaker. (laughs) Sometimes you have big plans for, for a long run. And guess what? Your kid has been up all night because they are sick as a dog. You know, they've been throwing up or whatever, and they just need dad there to give them some Pedialyte and watch some cartoons with them and hold them. And, and, and that's great. You, you need to be able to just be like, you know what? It'll be there. I ain't, you ain't going to lose a, a, a reasonable amount of fitness. Sometimes you just have to appreciate where you are and, and what's going on and not get so wrapped up in what you need to do. Because the only thing you need to do is what's in front of you right now. Yeah. Well, and then also you get to work that discipline muscle when you get back into it the next day. Like you took a day off, you took two days off because of life events. You're disciplined. You're going to get back into it, you know? Oh, and you know what? Your, your son is never going to say, you know what? I remember when I was really sick, and my dad and I watched cartoons and we, you got me Pedialyte. I wish he would have gone out for that long run. I'm so disappointed in him. <laughs> Come on, dad. You could have cut like one second off of your 50K time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, dude. You're amazing, man. This is, yeah, this has been awesome chat. Like just hearing your perspectives. Cause like I said, I've been a big, I've been a big fan for a while. Um, we're like 50 minutes into here and I haven't mentioned White Claw yet. So <laughs> I don't know if that's like a record or something. I was going to start with that, but I have to say this, like you've like reached the pinnacle of ultra running because you've invented an event, you know? Yeah. The White Claw Mile, which I have to get ready for this year's version of the White Claw Mile. Um, But it's so funny that that's become kind of a thing that the podcast is known for because I was on another podcast talking about this and, um, I remember when, when White Claw came out, my mother-in-law started drinking it. Like my mother-in-law was the first person I've ever seen drink White Claw. And she was the complete opposite of what I think an ultra runner is, right? So she, <laughs> you know, and I remember at the time, you know, everyone's like, oh man, I got this hoppy IPA that I drink after uh, IPAs, IPAs, IPAs. What kind of alcohol by volume was that? And everyone was taking beer really seriously. And I'm like, I'm going to fuck that up a little bit. I'm going to bring the least extreme, at least rugged, at least, you know, ultra drink into the ultra world and see what happens. And it, and it happened. I don't know why, but it just stuck. You know, all of a sudden White Claw's a thing now. I didn't know. <laughs> when you think of those like knockoffs, like the, you know, like they're like every major beer company now has like a knockoff version. Um, I, Natty Lights are awful. Natty Light Seltzer? Oh my no. God. They're horrible. No. Natty Lights? Not good? <laughs> no. They're, they're absolutely dreadful. <laughs> I, that, that's, I don't know who came up with that, but they're, those are awful. Um, the Corona ones are actually really good. Yeah. Yeah, the Corona ones are good. Um, Truly's a little sweet for my taste. Um, the Bon and Vivs are disgusting. Um, don't, yeah, but the, the old claw, natural lime claws, man. And now they've got, they've got a, a claw surge, which has 8% alcohol by volume instead of just four. That's which the ultra white claw mile. That sounds a bad idea. Right, that is a bad idea waiting to happen. So yes. Are you going to participate this year in the white claw mile? Chris? I mean, I've never had a white claw, but when is it? Um, it's what's well, what it was. We do it virtually. Um, and I'll, I'll put the information out later. So you can do it whenever you want, just on a, a quarter mile, you know, it's just like a beer mile gun goes off, chug a claw, run a quarter mile. I will say they're harder than beer miles because of all that, all those bubbles, like keeping four white claws down a lot harder than keeping four beers down. Dude, I did a beer relay. And so we had a team of four, you'd run a 5k, like you drink a beer, run a 5k. And just the first 50 yards, just burping the whole way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But my time got faster throughout. Like I did three 5Ks and my last one was faster. I was like, this is 
this is great. That's impressive. Yeah. That's really impressive. You should be proud of yourself. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm in, dude. I'm totally in. I'll let you know how it goes. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, everybody. Details coming soon on Claw Mile Part 2. Heck yeah, man. Well, dude, I, I have to like encourage everyone. If you're listening, you haven't listened to The Adventure Jogger yet, like go definitely subscribe. It's one of my joys every week when it pops up. So I'm one of those folks you were talking about. Because all my runs are at 4.30 in the morning. So... I'm like, I need to listen to somebody right now Yeah, to take my mind off of this. But, <laughs> but Ryan, thank you, dude. Thanks for coming on the show, man. I really, I really enjoyed it. You're very welcome. Anytime. All righty. That wraps up this week's episode of the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Um, Ryan, thank you so much, man, for spending time with me. That was awesome, dude. Uh, also, I have to say, I was like, right, I emailed him. I'm like, hey, man, can you like send a picture over uh, <laughs> for the podcast cover? And he sent me one and he's like, this is my wife's favorite picture of me running. And I, dude, I was like, man, what, like, what race are you running here? Are you running like the GQ, like 50 miler or something? Like the guy looks good, dude. He's like doing blue steel while he's running the race. You know, like you always see the awesome race pictures where people like the, like the realistic race pictures where people look like they're like, in the middle of throwing up, you know, like that's, that's what some of my pictures look like. I just did a half marathon. And I saw in the pictures, I'm like, it looks like I'm like smiling, but also it's like one of those like sociopathic smiles where you're like, this guy's not really believing it right now. Like this guy's smiling on the outside, but you can see in his eyes, like he's, he's pretty miserable. And usually that's what race photos look like, you know? Um, but Ryan just sent one, dude. He's just like, hold on. And like the, the wind is blowing in his hair. Like, uh, like they had like a giant fan, you know, coming out of the aid station just for like glamor shots or something. But anyways, look, looking good, Ryan looking good. Um, (laughs) uh, please check out adventure jogger. There are so many amazing episodes of that show. Um, it was, it's so much fun every week. Like Ryan's just easy to talk to, uh, really funny, great sense of humor. Um, I just have really enjoyed listening to his podcast and he has everybody on from like super fast folks to middle of the pack to back of the pack, just because like, and I, to me, I think that's just a sign of someone who just truly loves this sport and loves what it brings to people's life. And that's something I really, really connect to. Um, Except when you're walking up the trail from the bottom of the Grand Canyon and like, let, I, let me just tell you the story real quick. One, and we'll, hopefully we're going to do a podcast about this at some point with the group of people I went with. They all did the rim to rim to rim, which is after going there, like you always hear, like I always heard about that, right? Like as a fan of ultra running, you'd hear about like, oh, they did the rim to rim to rim. You're like, oh, cool. Yeah, I get that. They started here and then they went down and then they went up on the other side and then they went down and then they went up like okay that's a thing like that sounds something like something that people can do and people can do it but i have to tell you dude and i didn't by the way i went uh rim i went south rim down south kaibab which i was terrified of which we'll get into in that podcast so i don't want to talk about that here um turned out to be not as scary as I thought. I just don't like heights. Don't like canyons. I don't know what to tell you. Um, anyway, so I got to the bottom. I ran on the bottom for a while towards the North Rim, but as soon as they started going up, I was like, see you guys later. And then I headed back, uh, ate two slices of leftover pizza from the night before. I, that was, I was like, this is either going to be the greatest decision of my life or the worst decision of my life. Turns out smart move. Um, but then you go up at the end, we went up the Bright Angel Trail, or I did. Um, and man, that trail, I don't know how long it is. But whatever they say it is, you, in your mind, just add like five more miles. Because that's what it feels like. Maybe even 10 more miles. Because <laughs> uh, it was like 105 degrees. No shade. And you're just going up forever. Like not like you're like how can i still be going up like i've never climbed anything that big like grand is not a 
good enough word for it. Like it needs to be ginormous or something. The ginormous canyon. Because you're at the bottom of that and you can't even like see the top, you know? Let alone like fathom walking to the top. Um, on the drive home, in fact, like we're in Colorado here, like there are big mountains and stuff, but on the drive home, I'm like, dude, none of these things look big anymore. You know, once I went to the Grand Canyon, I think it broke my brain where everything looked small in comparison to that thing, man, in comparison, like when you're at the bottom of it. And I don't even think I could like fathom it at the time. I think I was just like, so focused on like, okay. I got myself down here. I got to get myself out, um, which was another kind of trippy part about it. It's like, dude, if you go down that far, like you're the only person that's going to get yourself out of here. Um, unless you like jumped on a mule, which you couldn't pay me like $3 million to jump on one of those mules. Cause that would be super scary. You're like up on a living animal with a mind of its own. Like I know the animals probably not gonna fall off the cliff, but it could just be like, you know what? I don't like this guy. Boom. Like throw me right off. Anyways. Um, yeah. And you're just down there and you're just going up forever and ever and ever and ever. It's wild, dude. And here's something that I really thought was cool. Um, obviously like my friends were running the ultimate like rim to rim to rim. Uh, even though they told me there were people who run rim to rim to rim to rim to rim. Sounds like too many rims to me. I'm going to be honest. Uh, that's crazy. I dude, don't just don't do that. Do something else. <laughs> um, but this was what I thought was kind of cool. The trail going up, it was like, uh, it put everyone on even ground. So it didn't matter if you only were only quote unquote, if you're only going to the bottom and back up like that, just that trail destroyed you. It didn't matter if you went halfway down. There's a place called Indian gardens or something. It didn't matter if you went halfway down and then back up. That trail destroyed you. It didn't matter if you went like a mile down or back up. It put everyone on this even playing field. um, And it let everyone really challenge themselves and really dig and push their limits. um, Which I love, dude. I loved that so much. And I realized like that's what I love about ultra running. Ultra running, you know, you guys, you can decide what you want to do to push your limits. Um, you can do a really difficult mountainy trail, um, you know, and really give it your all. You can go out and like run as fast as you can. I was going to say sprint. No one sprints these things. You go out and like run as fast as you can, give it your all. Um, or you could go out and walk 200 miles. Like we just saw at the Coco Dona or 250 in that case. Um, and it's just this like lovely like smorgasbord. Is that a word? Smorgasbord of options to really like dive deep within yourself to like see what you're capable of. And I loved that, dude. And I thought the Grand Canyon also allowed that to many, many, many people, um, which was awesome. I've never been there before. So, uh, but like I said, it'll break your brain. It'll make nothing look gigantic again. I'm just sitting here like a sad person who's like, nothing is big now. I am devastated. I'm just kidding. It was awesome. I loved it. Uh, So that was super cool. On the way back, we stayed at the Dewey Bridge campground. This is where Chris is going to plug the the Indiegogo for Desert Rats film one more time. Uh, That's the campground we'll stay um, on day three of that stage race. Um, But I have like my buddy Tim, as we were driving out there as I was talking about it, because he's doing the race this year, Tim Barr. Um, But as we were talking about it and I was like pointing stuff out, he's like, dude, you are geeking out about this race. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I mean, you will understand after you run it, but you don't understand now. Like this stage race, like changed my life. It changed my perspective on myself. It changed my perspective on the world around me. Um, so it is meaningful. It's super meaningful. And, you know, even as we're driving down I-70 headed West into Utah and for like a brief second, probably like 20 seconds, you see this dirt road on the left side of the road and you see it like going up this hill. And that's part of the Cocopelli trail. I'm like, dude, look at that. There's a tiny dirt road over there. You're going to run that. And 
it's like probably well i mean it's definitely not the prettiest part of the course it's probably one of the least pretty parts of the course because you're right by like a busy interstate um it's like one of the only times like as soon you'll turn left and you'll leave the interstate behind um for the rest of the time and just be headed out into the wilds of the desert uh but even that spot i just have lovely memories from and i'm just beyond excited a month from today i will be out there working on filming this race which is something that has been daily work honestly for like the last almost a year now there's been something i've done daily for this film project and the fact like I'm so excited. Like, I'm definitely anxious, but what's drowning out the anxiousness is just my excitement to go out there, film it, be on that trail, uh, experience it in a different way. Um, I do know, like, as the runners are leaving camp and we're sitting there filming them, I'm probably going to be a little jealous. I'm like, oh, man, they're running it. Unless it's, like, 120 degrees. Then I won't be jealous at all. Um, But I'm just... I can't express how excited I am. And I also can't express my gratitude for the people who supported this seriously. Um, I just, I, I'm blown away um, by the support. Like I said, we're almost 50%. We're almost halfway through our goal. Uh, There's 30 days left. Um, If you've been thinking about supporting it, like I just, I want to encourage you. um, You're going to love the film. You can basically, if you, if you, support at the $25 level or above you, you will get the film when it comes out, which will be like a year or longer (laughs) after editing to be fair. Um, but as soon as it comes out, you guys will be like the first ones to see it. Um, and so if you're like, Hey, this sounds like a cool thing. Like, I think I'll be into this. Uh, I would like really encourage you guys to do that. So, um, but yeah, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. That's it for this week's episode. Um, check out the adventure jogger, check out Ryan's stuff. He's amazing. Super good dude. I tried to convince him to do desert rats just like I do everyone. I'll peer pressure him eventually. Um, hopefully he'll watch this film in like two years from now and he'll be like, that's I'm, I'm signing up. And I'm like, yes, I got him. And then I'll sign up too. So we can be buddies and high five. Um, (laughs) all right. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.